0: So, Michelle. So, David. Holy cow.
1: I know. You contacted
0: going... me just I like, recently and said, I want to talk about Medibank. And my first reaction was, yeah,
1: why? I know. You just didn't understand the gravity and how exciting it was getting.
0: And have I dug myself into a little Alice in Wonderland tea party of joy.
1: I know. It literally is right up your alley. It, totally. I, I could only imagine what Reddit is like on this.
0: Oh, uh, well, not so much Reddit. I mean, I even had a source. I had a secret source.
1: Was it what? HP? No, no,
0: no. no. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Close. Uh, What sauce does a spy put on his pie? A secret and reliable sauce. So look, I really want to talk about Medibank and the whole hack thing, not just because it's a pretty bad thing, but also it has incredible intelligence implications. Oh my gosh. And we get to talk about Russia again, which is something we never do. I
1: know. I feel like I haven't spoken about Russia in ages. At least a week. At least. Yay. You're listening to I Spied, the Matrushka doll of Australian intelligence. Go
0: on, open it. Open it.
1: Got it. It's me. Open it again. Okay, go. It's me. Open it again. Oh, God. Okay. It's me. Oh. Open it again. Go. It's me. Open it again. I don't want any more of you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan, And today we're going to talk about the cyber attacks which have been happening recently, but quite frequently, and what's going on behind them. Now, there's been a lot of conversation around it. There has. And what was very interesting is the government coming out and saying, you know what, this is Russian forces at play here.
0: Well, Claire O'Neill, and you know, let's be honest, uh, a bit of a slip up recently when uh. they sent out those letters to the asylum seekers saying, go home. But but also but
1: Claire O'Neill keeps saying the same thing over and over and over again. She's kind of irritating me slightly. But, yeah, okay. you know. but
0: the whole thing is she inherited a very good situation. There was stuff already in play from the Morrison government that they can really build on and build on quickly. But first, let's have a little look at how this all came about. Because as Claire O'Neill said in the big press release, as did Kershaw, the head of AFP. Reese Kershaw. Reese Kershaw, very important. AFP is very important, as is the Australian Signals Directorate. They both said, we believe this is Russian cyber criminals and we're going to talk to the Russian government and get to the bottom of this.
1: And then as soon as they said that, I laughed out (laughs) loud. So
0: did I. I just went... <laughs> Lols, roll on floor, laughing my ass off. I mean, the whole thing is um, we've got to look at how Russian cyber is actually structured. Yes, it's really important. And I, again, this is why. Thank you for giving me this gift of spending five days no, going up. Ah. Yeah.
1: Look, and it, it was. I think for me, I was reading The Economist a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the recent cyber attacks on Australia. And what they were saying as well was like, look, it's Russian forces, mm. and it's basically blowback for us supporting Ukraine.
0: Yes, right. There's which. A-
1: which is why when Claire O'Neill said, we're going to speak to the Russians and we're going to make them pay, it's like, laugh out loud, they are fully across it and they probably sanctioned it.
0: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Let's just have a quick little history lesson because I know you love this.
1: Oh, my but God, I, please. I'll try not to let my eyes over.
0: Right. So, basically, Soviet Union collapses. Yeah. But one of the things the Soviet Union had when it collapsed and is still in place today is it's mm. got this incredible, like a huge scale- engineering and technical base right Right. and one of the things that's really important to remember this is when the Soviets were training their engineers and their technicians they trained them for expertise and loyalty they made sure they got no exposure to ethics whatsoever they were trained to be utterly loyal and very good at their jobs and don't think of the consequences that's not your problem please stop reading anything to do with the humanities right so they were very very technically competent and they work in cadres right so you've got little groups of guys working together guys and girls working together to build you know to do whatever tasks they've been given yeah. now what they had was back in the 90s the new russian government realized cyber is going to be important we should start focusing on that and they started building it as they pulled apart the kgb and the giu and all the different intelligence services to see what they had to play with they took all their signals guys the guys that were looking at radio signals like they used to have listening posts in cuba mm. so they could listen to the americans They had to look at all these guys and went hang on computing's going to be big Then we get to the 2000s and there's this guy, never heard of him before. You might have heard of him, Vladimir Putin, right?
1: Oh, yeah, Vladimir Putin. Yeah,
0: Putin, right? Big Putin. He wound up being the head of the SVR and the FSB, all these different intelligence services. And he went, let's really crack into cyber. And they started building up their cyber capability through sort of 2000 to 2010. One of the things they do is the way they recruit. I love this.
1: Yeah. Hackathons. Sounds fair. Let's I get mean- a bunch
0: of hackers together and we'll give one group of hackers a server and another group of hackers. We'll task them to crack that server. So one group has got to protect it, the other group's got to break in. And yep. then, you know, the SVR and the FSB and the GIU or the intelligence services would sit there and go, We want him, we want her, we want that one, we want this one. And they'd start recruiting these hackers. Right. The other thing they did was they just go through their universities. They have 73 universities in Russia dedicated <laughs> to cyber. Basically to cyber. So yep. they could find these guys. Now what I did though, I love they I saw the ad. The FSB – now, we're not going to call it FSB anymore because I was listening to a Russian journalist doing this speech and mm. he, he calls it Fizby. And I went, I like it because it's so disrespectful. So, the FSB from now on, the internal, the ex-KGB Is Yeah, I'm going to be called Fizby. This guy – basically said that they would recruit these guys straight out of uni, the university students, they'd recruit them by saying, would you like to live like an American? We'll set you up an apartment, we'll give you all the American um, mod cons, you can live like an American, you've just got to steal information for us. So that's how they started recruiting people. right? And that was a really simple way of doing it. And they created this thing, and it's called FSIB. Yep, That became their little sort of crypto cyber thing. One of the things, and it goes back to Claire O'Neill, what it was created to be as the contact point for Western governments to share intelligence on Russian criminal hackers.
1: Yeah, So they go, we've been
0: hacked by these guys. They're your guys. Take care yeah. of them. And the FSIB would go, cool, let's get them working for now.
1: now, the FSIB as well are the people involved in the dissemination of disinformation exactly. and propaganda. Yep. They're the ones who were involved in what happened on Facebook with the election in the US. US
0: 2016, US yep.
1: And they also, you know, participate in state-sponsored political blogs. Yep. They basically sit on Twitter and create fake profiles yep. and create dissent in other countries, political dissent. That's one
0: yep. of the things they do. They really regard information security. Like Interesting enough, in Russia, it's information security. Yeah, In the West, it's cyber, right? And the attitude, people go, what's the difference? Well, the difference is really important because the Russians don't just do it as a technical exercise. They do it as a psyop as well, right? They're literally in there to get inside your head. And yep. they did that brilliantly with the election, not because of what they were disseminating out into the social media platforms, but also the, the DNC hack. When they hacked the DNC... My God, they weren't really putting out anything important. But what it did was it absolutely undermined the DNCs, the Democrats' profile yeah. as being a secure and trustworthy organisation. So they really played these games and they played them really, really well. Now, the other thing is their job is to hunt down cyber criminals. But what do you do with that cyber criminal once you got it?
1: Well, there's nothing you can do. And I think Australia was particularly late to the party. And, yes, we've come ahead – like last year, as you said, mm. formulated uh, a group. I'm trying to think what the group's called Red now. Spice. Red Spice. Yes, the Project ta- Red Spice. The Task Force. The and, Red
0: Spice Initiative.
1: And it's only now that they're talking about proactive cyber attacks yes. and not reactive cyber attacks. Yep. So for the past however long, we've just been reacting. We have not been going out there and performing cyber attacks to mm. kind of Stem the flow of what is going to happen. And that's
0: critical in what's going on right now.
1: But also I am shocked that...
0: You're shocked?
1: No, I'm shocked that this country did not think to do this until last year. Like, it is beyond me that we are so lackadaisical with things.
0: We're laconic Aussies, mate. What's your problem? I know, but
1: it's it's actually embarrassing to me that we have gotten to a position that critical infrastructure is hackable.
0: Well, definitely, and that's a really important point because one of the things the Russians are doing is they're hacking. It's now a kinetic war. Cyber warfare isn't just in the unreal state. It's not just in the... it's also in real world it's real world time like their invasion pre the invasion of georgia they had a heavy denial of service attacks on georgian infrastructure they lost power they lost traffic they lost energy they lost all of these critical infrastructures so it's gone from being a, a virtual war to a kinetic war right and because of that one of the things is everyone's looking at the ukraine at the moment because the ukraine got Absolutely smacked at the beginning of their yeah. war, but what was really interesting is it's had very little effect long term. Two things that the, the Ukrainians did: they knew it was coming; they knew that this kind of attack was going to be, would eventuate. It had to eventuate. They'd gone through the election where it had been interfered with beforehand. They knew it was coming. So what they did was they had their information, but then they siphoned it off. Overseas, so it was sitting in overseas servers, which protected it, and the other thing they did was, when they lost critical infrastructure, they were ready to replace it. Like yep. they lost all their satellites, they just rang up Elon Musk and went, "Can we verify ourselves on Twitter?" And by the way, can we borrow a Starlink? We need it, and sure enough. Elon Musk for a couple of days went, not sure if I'm going to let you do it. And then obviously the Ukraine or the US went, here's a large pile of money, mm. give them the satellites. If you go onto Reddit, you know, there's a, a one Reddit called Combat Footage, and most of it is videos from drones dropping hand grenades into tanks and onto Russian soldiers. And they need the internet. They need a web to be able yes. to do that. Right. So the Russians have actually, their critical kinetic attack, their cyber warfare, isn't as effective as we like to think. Yep. Now, on the Australian side of it, yeah. I think we probably went along the lines of let's be good-natured actors here and not attack. The interesting thing is Red Spice. Now, can I read it to you? I love it. Because Absolutely. It's, it's it's an acronym that obviously someone was paid quite a lot of money to come up with. Red Spice stands for Resilience, Effects, Defence, Space. That's the SP in this yeah. spice. Intelligence, Cyber enablers.
1: Why? I, it's like it's it's like a weird geeky superhero. Yeah,
0: it's like yeah. It, I, I I feel like I'm watching an episode of The Boys, and this guy's superpower is to cook. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it's like he's a Thai super. Yeah, he's superhero. a Thai
0: superhero, right? <laughs> yeah, red, red Spice, spies. Red Right. So the whole thing is, it's a thirteen billion dollar budget. I think it was ten billion to start with, and Josh Frydenberg actually announced it. In March, the final budget of the Morrison government, he announced it. But
1: again, I'm going to say this – too what little, I mean, too, too late. Li- well, not like, too
0: late. It may not be too late. It's too little, definitely, but it may not be but too like, late. The,
1: the fact that we did not even think to do this is beyond me. Now, mm. what, what these hacks have created is disruption and dissent, which is exactly what the hackers want to happen. They, they don't give a fuck about the ransom. But that
0: again, that important thing we've got to remember here is at the moment, we're calling it a criminal act. We're not it's, calling it a a state-based act. It is,
1: though. We we know that it is. Yeah, I yeah. will. I would put my money behind it 100%. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, when, you, when you have a kleptocracy running everything, yeah. everything's a criminal act. Right. Now, the interesting thing is we've got to keep in mind, though, that Australia, we, we have to be very careful about how we go forward because as much as we want to be proactive, mm. particularly proactive against what we regard as criminal elements rather than state elements, we don't want to get caught doing it, right? So discretion becomes a really important part of what Absolutely.
1: we do. Absolutely. But also it means that Claire O'Neill needs to shut the fuck up as well, well when I mean, she says stuff.
0: <laughs> most of what she has been saying is we've got to do this and we've got to be secret about it. She has been saying they were criminal. and yet the whole But thing I'm is-
1: very surprised that they named Russia.
0: I'm, not. I'm but, not at all because it, it makes perfect sense. But
1: the average person would go, oh my god, there's Russia cyber criminals. They wouldn't even think that it would be linked or state sanctioned or that it could be part of Ukraine retaliation.
0: But, I mean, this is, again, this is the thing that's really interesting is the entire Russian cyber structure is like a giant Matryoshka doll, right? You know, the, the, yeah, doll, the, the doll, doll within you know, the doll. The further doll. doll, the doll. It's, the it's, doll,
1: doll, like, it's doll, like the Inception.
0: It's like an stuff. onion. Yeah. An onion Inception but doll shaped and full of hackers, alright? See, so- right,
1: see, see, younger people would cite inception you cite a russian doll anyway keep going
0: but you, same deal right so the further you go down it's just more like so and the whole thing is these criminal or supposed criminal hacking gangs uh, are part of companies these companies are then sort of subsidized by intelligence organizations that are then working with another company i mean kaspersky labs the antiviral software group kaspersky the titular head founder mm. of the company is XKGB. They work with them. Now, interestingly enough, Kaspersky had an antiviral software that was online that got hacked by, I think it was Fancy Bear, one of the many, many Russian hacking groups. So they hacked it and Kaspersky immediately, like two days later, went, no, we fixed it, here's the patch. Within an hour, Fancy Bear were back inside, Mm. right? And now the interesting thing is as soon as, like, the 2016 election interference, the interesting thing that came out of that was... When the Russians were accused, and it was—I the, think they said that it was Fancy Bear or one of them. There's a whole bunch of them.
1: Yeah. The Russians
0: immediately turned around and went, "No, no, no, no!" And then a guy leapt up and went, "My name's Guseva 2.0, and I did it, and I'm a Romanian hacker." The great thing was, a newspaper got in contact with him and started asking him questions in Romanian. Guy didn't understand. All no, what of course said, he didn't. Right. So it comes down to politics now, where we know you did it. Yeah. But we can't, in good conscience, say that publicly because of the problems it can cause down the line. Now you're looking at me with a very skeptical eyes right now. No,
1: no, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. But I do I do also want to caveat with the fact that a lot of people think this is about obtaining information, like hacking into things and getting people's personal data. Mm. It isn't really. It is about creating dissent. What it's doing is it's creating this distrust, this, this distrust yeah. in the government, which is what they did to the United States. Exactly. Obstensively, when they were you know, on Facebook and creating these, these groups on Facebook mm. that weren't real, but out of it, Trumpism flowed. They became very real and, to the people that joined those right, groups. Yes, absolutely. They created mistrust and dissent and they yep. did it they did it with COVID and this is a lot of planned Russian attacks Twitter is open to it the Twitter bots mm. are quite that most of them come out of Russia yeah and they create dissent and they create arguments that aren't there just because they're trolling or they they've got their bots yeah trolling it's trolling, people, trolling
0: right? right and the, the the thing is and this really comes down to the Medibank hack had two faces to it one we are going to hold you hostage yeah, pay a ransom or we start exposing the information. And you know, when you start revealing lists of people that have had abortions, lists of people that have had psychiatric well, they
1: targeted women essentially. Yeah, targeted which women was really because bad. you
0: know that again, it's a, a trigger issue. It's a very hot button issue. The other thing as well, is – although
1: I don't think the Russians realised how less of a hot button issue it is in, in Australia, Australia than in, it in is comparison, yeah, in America, because yeah, I don't think it's not looked down upon in the way that it can, it can be in Australia. I mean, also, in America. Yeah.
0: Also, health in Australia is a lot more supportive than it is somewhere yes. in the United States, yeah. right? Your private medical insurance is the only medical insurance you have. Where in Australia, you can have private medical insurance, but you still have Medicare sitting there to back it up. If yeah, you need and
1: it. not not as many people have private as no. well.
0: So, I mean, we the, exactly now the thing that's really important with that is. While they're revealing all this information and they're dumping it on the dark web, and of course, as soon as it goes to the dark web, some idiot is going to put it forward. It's also very damaging to the individual people because, you know, they go for a job interview and someone says, oh, by the way, we didn't realize you're an alcoholic. We can't hire you. Right now, admittedly, you should be telling someone that. But if you believe that you're a reformed alcoholic or you you may have had a psychological problem or a psychiatric problem, but you believe you are beyond it, you're fixed, you're cured, right? Right that becomes a black mark on your life that you can't get rid of.
1: Yeah, look, I think the whole thing is they've gone about it in a really destructive and deceptive way. Which
0: was the intent.
1: Yeah, 100%. But I do like this whole idea with the government thinking along the lines of making it illegal to pay ransoms. Yeah. So they're going to – it's basically what they did – with the boats. They're like, if we stop the boats, then no more boats will come. So, they're, they're, yeah. w- they're thinking if we just stop people paying ransom, then criminals will be less likely to target.
0: Also, the other thing with the stopping of the boats, and this is just, again, a sidebar. No, bar, this is a side. The, whole, the whole thing about the stopping of the boats was stop the information about the boats coming yes. in. We don't know what's going up in the Torres Strait no. because no one's telling us what's going on. Yes,
1: and there. that's what and that's what this task force is doing. Yeah. They're going to stem the flow of information. Stem so the flow we of information. We going, won't know.
0: Going, we won't know, and we None. shouldn't. now. None. No. And there's a really good reason for that was after the 2016 Moscow election interference from Russia, Moscow went into a panic mode because some. it, it wasn't the fact that it was done. The fact that really caused a panic in Moscow was how the hell did they realize it was us? Right. Yep. So suddenly everyone was scrabbling to cover their ass um, in the FSIB. So part of FISB, a couple of people were charged with treason. Yeah. The deputy head of FSIB lost his job and they were decimated. They lost one in 10 staff members in a perch, right? Because hang on, you guys dropped the ball because now they know it was us. And as soon as we know who it is... Now we can take steps against you. Yeah, And more-
1: and it was problematic that Facebook didn't have the structure and the security in place to I stop a lot of this stuff.
0: Facebook really didn't have the motivation to do anything about it either.
1: Oh, of course not, but it- they could have fixed this long ago. Yeah, Any of these companies yeah, yeah, could the have. The
0: more clicks, the better for them. It's yeah. more advertising. Now, the other thing that's really important that we've got to remember about the Russian system is their lack of command and control because the GRU have their own cyber unit. FISB have it. SVR, which is the Foreign Service, have it. The problem is they're not actually focusing on their target areas. Like FISB have domain over the Ukraine and a lot of people say if they're a domestic intelligence organisation, why are they working on the Ukraine? Because Vladimir sees the Ukraine as his, therefore anything in Ukraine is domestic, mm. right? The SVR are spying on dissidents inside Russia. That's not their job. They're meant to be looking at guys overseas they meant to be getting foreign intelligence the GRU are working on domestic political things when they're actually military they should be doing so everyone's stepping on each other's toes and the reason there's no command and control and they tried to establish it one of the deputy secretaries of the security council in Russia tried to get it established it killed his career mm. simply because all of the different heads of departments went no, we're not going to relinquish it. We're not going to answer to a czar who looks over this. right? So the whole thing is, the one thing that is working in everyone's favour is they're not talking to each other inside. They may be sharing intelligence, but they're not telling each other what they're doing. So, they're stepping on each other's toes and they're so busy fighting each other that balls are getting dropped.
1: Yeah. I think also what was really interesting to me out of all of this was how much of our data is so readily available. Like the whole idea that, you know, I was a former customer with Optus, but I hadn't been with Optus for like six years and yet my data was stolen in a hack. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. They should not have my data still.
0: Well, that's one of the things they're also doing with this whole yes. new setup. Is but it should
1: have been already it been should, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Why are you holding on to data that's six years old? You don't need it. You right? do not
1: need my birthday and my phone number and all of my data. Well,
0: once you've ID'd me as who I am, why are you keeping that ID on record?
1: Exactly. Right? So
0: this And this was the big thing with Optus because I remember, God, it was Christmas and I bought a dongle. And they've dongle. got
1: passport numbers and license. Yeah. Like, it's so silly to me.
0: I bought a, an internet dongle because the Wi-Fi in my mother-in-law's place was terrible, Right, so we just and she had virtually mm. no data. So we, I just went and bought a, a dongle from Optus. The big thing was I'd been waiting for the email until someone said, you know, I asked a friend. I said I was expecting it. When did you buy it? And I went back through and went, oh, it was ten years ago. I went, don't worry about it. Yeah, you are not in that batch of data that was taken you know but here's the thing one of the things that the australian government want to do is bring in fines for companies that hold data either too much data or hold it for too long
1: they shouldn't even be they shouldn't have it for that long and then look the New South Wales government, which is actually really exciting, we have a great system, we have a great app which holds your driver's license and everything, yeah, which yeah. means why I don't actually have a driver's license. I just have it all on my iPhone.
0: I mean, I just thought, you've been driving no, it legally, no, all this life. It's just all on my You're iPhone. An insane woman.
1: But, you know, they're, they're now coming up with a way where you can just go through the app to prove who you are. With yeah. these companies now, yeah, 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 which makes absolute sense. Like, why are we not thinking like this anyway? I don't even understand.
0: The the thing that's very interesting about it, and look, this again, we could do an entire episode yeah. just on personal information. The thing about personal information is you own it; it's yours. But a lot of these companies are now going. Now I've got your personal information. Yeah, they hold it. I to own it, it too. Yeah, me. and it's like, no, you don't. This is my information. And, so, and
1: you don't know what they're doing with that information. Well, they're
0: selling phone lists. Oh, of the number of times I've been phoned by somebody and it's like, how did you get my number? And it's like, that's when they hang up. It's so- you like you you bought it. You I bought think the list. I
1: think out of this we've learned a very valuable lesson about our own personal information. Yep. Who has it, and who who has it in in ways we didn't even think should have it.
0: Yeah. Now just going back to Project Red Spice.
1: Oh uh, yeah, like a red spice. Yeah.
0: It's it's a bit of grey zone.
1: <laughs> but spicy.
0: But spicy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> grey, but hot.
0: Um, <laughs> right. So uh, having. Had that announced, and it was meant to go online July 1st, I think. Yeah. Going online, it's actually very, very difficult to see where they're at with it, which is great. Don't tell us what they are doing. We don't now, want that information. Now, here's the interesting thing. They need 1,500 hackers. That's what they've said. They're going to, we're going to recruit 1500 hackers. Oh my god.
1: I'm there's a whole bunch of people who need jobs. Look just <laughs>
0: look. Honestly, uh, my kids, if you want to hack, if you, can, yeah. if you can hack through a PlayStation 5, you're done. I'm right. pretty
1: I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of children going, "Yeah, that's a job I want."
0: That, well, they've actually said, "We will give you a license to hack." Yeah. Now, here's the thing. That, remember, we're appealing to a younger generation. One of the things that Fisbee did with their recruiting drive is they sort of had a Kalashnikov, chuk, 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 yep. firing, and then it morphed into a laptop. <laughs> this is your weapon. Holy shit, right? That's a bit crazy. Yeah. Now, this whole license to hack, it is going ahead. I, yep. can, I, I, I The evidence I have is I found, uh, I think it was something in the financial review, where KPMG has just been given a contract to getting $1.2 million a month to recruit hackers. Amazing. Right? So they're, ha- they're out headhunting. Now, here we go. We've just given a private company. And they're going to collect all this information. Mm. So personally, if I was a Russian, I'd be trying to hack KPMG right now. Uh, good luck because those guys are probably more. You know, I'm
1: sure they're, they're pretty used to this. they're pretty rock solid yeah, with yeah, their security. Yeah, they know what they're doing.
0: So, you know, this is the, where we're at with this right now is really simply Australian, we've been caught on the hop. Yep. Right. We haven't done our due diligence. We haven't done enough. We're doing it now. Hopefully, we can get it in place quickly, but recruiting 1,500 people takes some time. Yeah. Particularly if you've got to not only vet them, if you've got to positive vet them, that can take up to 18 months to get that kind of clearance. Now, interestingly enough, you can, they'll probably be bringing in consultants. I wouldn't be at all surprised if some hacker gets caught. He's gonna have a guy, two guys in dark suits and dark glasses, sitting him in a room, going, "We're gonna make you an offer." Yeah. Because the way the Russians do it, they basically sit the. Well, guy.
1: Well, you know, you know, they're trawling through all of their criminal lists as we speak. The <laughs> Russians will
0: sit you in a room yep. and go, "You've got two choices. Yeah. Well, you've got three. We're gonna give you three choices. One, you start working for us and you get to do exactly what you used to do, but you do it for us. Mm. Two, you can go and sit in a gulag for the rest of your life. Or three, if neither of those are appealing." this is an AK-47, it ain't a laptop and it will kill you. I'm
1: pretty sure most hackers would jump at the opportunity. You wouldn't even need to pull a gun.
0: I I, I don't
1: think they'd ever get to Google. No, and there is a really great show on this. It's called Undeclared War and it's got Simon Pegg and it's on Stan. And it's all about what we're talking about right now, except take Australia and put England in. So it's about England and Russia, the cyber warfare and all of these players. Well,
0: Brexit's an exa- it's a great example of what. Yeah, cyber interference can do to a government. So
1: all the stuff that we're talking about, I would highly recommend if you're really fascinated in it, watch Undeclared War because I found that a really great insight into what's going on and also it made me realise the missed opportunity that we have.
0: Oh, look, we have dropped the ball on this. We've been trying very hard. I mean, the AFP have been working hard on it. The ASD have been Mm. working really hard on it. The ASD are technically meant to be working in military stuff but, of course, that's going to expand. ASIO have its own cyber warfare thing. The whole idea is let's get it all working together yep. so we know what the hell is going on and we can start proactively confronting the enemy in the battle space that is the cybersphere, I suppose. The
1: cyberspace?
0: The cyberspace. The sphere that is the the battle sphere that is the cyberspace.
1: The cyberspace. Oh, yeah. It's
0: like a little matryoshka doll,
1: oh or Inception. God. Inception. Okay, we'll call it that.
0: Now, before we finish, oh
1: god, I no thought one. We we're thing. done. Okay, no, go. You, you thought
0: you were done, but one little thing, and yeah. it's an apology. I've got oh. to make an apology to who? Me? No, not to um, you. I would never apologize. You should
1: always me. apologize to me. I'm I apologize so sorry. to my wife
0: enough. You're my yeah. studio wife. <laughs> don't I don't get it. I'm trying a different kind of relationship. Okay. Here. No, I've got to apologize to a listener. Okay. In Czechia. Okay. Yeah. Toasty. Toasty got in touch with me via the our Twitter handle, at Podcast. But Toasty likes to listen to us okay. uh, as they're going to work on a Monday.
1: Oh, nice. So Hi. They say, that,
0: they say that you give me a laugh. People keep staring at me on the train because I'm laughing. Okay. To which I said, well, tell them what you're laughing at. They'll enjoy it. But she pulled me up because I called a Nazi physicist, Neil Bohr's. What? Neil Bohr's. Okay. As she went, who is he? The Nazi twin of Danish physicist Niels Bohr. To which I went, oh no. And then she said, and the funniest thing is you pretending to know how to pronounce foreign words. You're an idiot. You make me laugh.
1: Yes. See, Toasty, he's an absolute moron. So
0: Toasty, this is for you. My apologies for getting uh, that person's name wrong. I'm a fool.
1: Can everyone bombard the Twitter handle and tell him everything that he's got wrong? I would love that. Oh
0: God, this is going to be a long weekend.
1: I know. Cheers. Bye. Bye.